<laughs> so I just had a rather interesting situation in which I needed to get air into my tires. Okay. It was one of those emergencies where you let it get a little too low when you drive and you feel like you're kind of like on an inflatable. Oh, oh my gosh. So immediately I start Googling to the GPS. I'm like, I need a freaking gas station. It has the little button that says that also has here. I'm like, yes, it needs air. Okay. So after too many minutes to where I feel like it's getting pretty dire, I see the gas station. It's like water in a desert. Like, is this a mirage? Please have air. I pull in there, lightning quick, barely like <laughs> flat. And it is one of those tire pumps where you have to put quarters in because you got to pay for air sometimes. You know, that's capitalism, baby. I'm paying for air. So I get there and immediately put the quarters in. I grab the freaking thing. Now, what I did not realize is that the default tire pressure doesn't reset automatically, I guess, after someone else uses it. So what had happened is that someone had just gotten done, and I guess he had smaller tires because the tire pressure was a bit lower, okay? And I did not realize this at the time, so I immediately followed him, just thought the numbers were fine. It was default, grabbed it, and I'm putting it into the freaking tire. And I'm like, all right, well, it's not really feeling any different. But after a few seconds, beep, 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 it says it's done. I go around the whole car. Beep, 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 beep. I get them all done. <laughs> and I pull out of there. And immediately as I drive back down the highway, I realize it is worse than when I started. I was desperate for air, and I used this guy's small tire pressure. I let air out of my tires. I went there for one thing, a desperation, a cause, okay? And I was worse often when I started. And I put in quarters. I paid to have that experience. You know how messed up that is? That's like if you go to a restaurant and you are starving, you desperately need some food, you walk out of there hungrier than when you got it and you paid them to do it. That's like you walk in there like, all right, now we're going to do some elliptical. We're going to burn some calories. You are going to be even more starved after you come out of here. I paid to lose more than I had when I started. So anyways, I drove on rims all the way home. I don't want to edit. I, it'll make sense later. Trust me. One, two, one. <laughs> hey. Sorry, guys. This is the most hilarious thing during the intro. I wish you could have heard it. But hey, happy, excited. Before I say anything else, this is a new thing I'm trying. No more chit chat, small talk. How you doing? Look at the weather. What's going on in your life? No. Before anything else, I want to let you know how I'm feeling to see you. And let me ask you, how did that make you feel, right? Before anything happened, you just went, oh, he's excited to see me. Ooh, I feel good about myself. Now I feel good to see him. Now we feel good to see each other. See how that works? Now we're having a good time, right? Joy, happy, excited. Oh, wow. So I won't keep my name a secret any longer. It is Tristan Sartors, and this is Full Circus. And welcome back, guys. I'm very excited to be here, as you guys already know. And we're looking forward to having a good show today, man. I will say that I need to let the caffeinated elephant out of the bag, okay? I tried to record this same episode about an hour ago, and I had just ingested some pre-workout 
okay, which has a little caffeine, a little sugar. And it was a bit much. I was talking really fast. I was kind of over the topic. I couldn't really control what I was saying, comprehend what I was even doing. I was talking about miles per hour, highway, cutting off the 10 kilometers. Like, what is even going on? So I kept talking so fast. I know I'm already bouncing anyway, but people couldn't really understand. I couldn't even understand what I was trying to talk about. So I thought, you know, I'm going to cut it all together and we're going to take a break. So it was a bit much. I know I'm 24 years old. I know I'm a grown man. I know I'm an adult, but something about those things pushed me over the edge. So I'm back now. Try to calm down, okay? It's hard, though. It is a little tricky. It's a little tricky. It's kind of mostly out of my system, I hope. I'm still feeling a little frothy, okay? I don't even know what froth is. That's the soap that forms on top of a drink, right? It's, it's, it's not overbearing right now, but it's still in me. Right? It's there. It's the essence. It's the glitter of the beverage, some might say. So it's just a quick... It's gone, but it's nice. It's there, and that's... I'm feeling frothy today, guys. So... It was, it was nice to kind of go back and, and zen out. I was taking it because I thought I was going to work out. It's pre-workout, right? I'm just following instructions. In, it's in the name. You know, it has ingredients like creatine and L-citrulline and science, 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 science. You know, people studying out of eastern Colorado. Go big, Orns. They should take it. It's good. It's beneficial. So I did. And I didn't end up working out. I immediately got diarrhea. And I know that's probably not information you wanted, but you have it. Okay, so do with that what you will. Maybe you find yourself in another conversation later. Someone says so-and-so has diarrhea and you go, no kidding. You know who else has diarrhea? So that's what you got. Apparently, that's my new strategy. I just name my emotions and my bowel movements. Happy diarrhea. And that's what you get. It's raw. It's real. So we quickly understand each other. I would argue there's no better way to greet and understand someone more than their feelings and their bowel movements. So, yeah, that's what was going on. And I kind of had to just calm down, dude. You got to zen out. I'm trying to feel like those Shaolin monks, you know, shaved head in the mountains doing meditation, yoga and whatever. I have to ask this question real quick. What is it with the hair? Why does that prevent you from being so calm? And I don't know. Is it the prices of the shampoo and the conditioner? Think, I mean, if you do think about it, we do put a lot of stress in our hair. How many times do you worry about the right brands and different soaps and different hairstyles, haircuts, trends, colors, too much frizz, sunlight, the freaking rain, having the window open. Like, I feel like I can't go outside right now. How many times have you yourself not gone to a party or somewhere else because I'm having a bad hair day? Our hair has single-handedly kept us from experiencing parts of the world. So I guess in a way they might be onto something. This is the root and the cause of all tension and problems and stress in our lives. I think we should be going bald. They figured it out because they're like, hey, you know what? I got nothing left to lose. I'm bald. Why? <laughs> what do I have to worry about? So I think that might be something to it. I've, I have a lot of hair. So again, I'm not going to be experiencing that anytime soon. So I'm still a little jacked up. But I tried. I tried to kind of calm down a little bit. So yeah, what's going on, guys? It's been a while since the last episode. Okay, we're kind of on the opposite end of problems that we had where I was doing sort of a back-to-back -back episode with no material. Now I have material, but it's not so back-to-back. -back. A lot of time has passed, so I feel a little out of my groove, a lot of my element. I know it's 108 episodes, but I just, you know, it's like you go on vacation, you come back, and some things just aren't exactly where you left them. I mean, they are, but you don't feel like it. Your routine just isn't all together. I'm trying to get back at home and feel at place. And, and that's where we're at. So hopefully this will be a fantastical episode and we can have a great time here together. So what's been going on, dude? I'll say this. About an hour ago, I saw an interesting situation. 
in which a homeless man was pushing his cart and he grabbed and whipped a bottle at a car. Okay, now I'll explain. <laughs> there was a car in normal traffic intersection, red light. Guy was looking down, doing his own thing, and it turns green. Cars behind him, beep, beep, you know, because they're upset. Go, right? Guy didn't see it, and then he hears a few honks. And before he had a chance to go, this homeless guy, I guess he's is the good Samaritan because he cared about all these people in their time, and he grabs a ball and whips it at the car. Now, he didn't hit the car, doesn't have a great arm, but he got his attention. And that's, I mean, what a guy. As a homeless person, this bottle, by the way, was the last of his possessions. He had nothing more in the cart. So effectively, he gave everything he had, literally, for the good of these people's time. He's not just a good Samaritan. This guy is a great Samaritan. He gave everything for their time so they could get home when they wanted to. Or he might have just been mad. It looked like he was pretty upset. It was kind of like having road rage without a car. Okay, He had a car, duh, but no car. And so either he was doing a great deed or it looked like a PSA for road rage. Like, hey, do not get upset about miles per hour any longer or this could be you. Okay. And, you know, he had a lot of hair also. So that's double whammy of, of stress and problems. And I felt bad for the guy because he had nothing more. He threw everything he had into this one situation. The car just drove off. So anyways, hope that guy's okay. But I also hope he's not too angry if that was the case for the road because you're going to be mad a lot, sir. And maybe he had a whole cart of bottles at one point. And he's like, intersection, intersection, intersection. So that's what's been going on, dude. And as we know, I spent the week at my aunt's house watching their dogs. The dogs are great. There was nothing out of the ordinary, which is usually the best case scenario because they're just dogs. And there's, look, they're a snout, four legs, a tail that wags sometimes. You've seen a dog, right? If you've seen one, you've seen them all. It was normal. It was nice. It was cozy. And you don't want an interesting story if you come back from watching the dogs. Yeah, he had freaking issues and he was getting in trouble. No, they were plain. They were fine. It's kind of like the foundation of a house. I know that's there. I know that's great. I want it to just do its job and no issues. I don't want to see it. I don't want to hear about it. Just uphold the house. Just take care of the dogs. So I did. And let me also say, man, I love my aunt's house. I don't know what it is about it okay whether it's just being home alone or the coziness or the smells or the fact that the family room sits like a little high so you're looking into the backyard and you almost feel like you're in a tree house there's exposed wood i just feel good when i'm there some people are like, i like north carolina i like canada it makes me feel good in my soul and i feel par some people want to go to new zealand and you know like people have different places in the world where they just feel locked in apparently my aunt's house is my resort where my soul is just kind of <laughs> aligned and I feel good and ready, dude. So it was amazing. And part of being so locked in, I was so productive. I took care of different podcasts and clips and studies and did my taxes and was working on the website. I was taking care of business left and right. So much so that I had nothing to do that at one point I had just spent like an hour and a half whistling, just practicing my whistle, just I did a little bit better back when I was there. You can call the dogs up and they'll vouch for me. I was getting pretty good at it, okay? So it was nice. It was fun. My aunt's fantastic. I mean, she bought all these snacks and she pays me well. And I'm like, you don't got to do this. But she's like, I want to be the best. I'm like, clearly you're the freaking best. I love it here. It's awesome. So I'll say this, which I probably shouldn't because I know she listens to the show. I would do this job for free, okay? 
It's that good. But I take it back. I mean, I like the money. It's great. But yeah, I would totally do it for free. Talk about work. I'm saying thank you for letting me come there. So it was great. I will say, dude, as I was leaving, there's something about appliances that we just tend to overthink. Did I leave the oven on the stove? Whatever. This was the dishwasher. I had never overthought about the dishwasher before. But because I was leaving a place that wasn't my home, I started the dishwasher and right before I left. About 45 minutes into the cycle, my brain went, what if the house floods? And I went, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. But what if? Shut up. But it could happen. No, it couldn't. But maybe it's not your dishwasher. You don't know. You're right. <laughs> so I shut the dishwasher off. Okay, so <laughs> I don't know what it was about me or what I was feeling, but I, I just left the dishwasher halfway through. So now they're going to get home thinking it's done. But sorry, guys, you have a case full of dirty dishes still. So that's my fault, but I just, I couldn't risk. I don't know. I don't know what I couldn't risk when I was worried about it. So it was great, man. It was great to spend time with the dogs. And I'm still doing it, dude. Immediately after leaving there, I went to go take care of another dog. Hey, dogs here, you know, bark, 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 you know what dogs are. So it's, it's fine and it's great. And it was a, it was a grand old time. I'll say that much. Now I'll tell you about a different experience that I had before I went over there. Shortly after I recorded that last episode, I was here in the room and kind of just getting things organized and prepared to leave. And I saw a lock on the door, which I had known was there. But I'd never tried it. And it was kind of one of those overthinks. Or the dishwasher. What about the lock? I thought, okay, let me test it out. So I test the lock. And it locks. I'm thrilled. The security of the room works. I've never had a reason to lock my door. But I'm just, you know, whatever. It was a passing thought. I unlock it. Everything's fine. I leave. A couple hours later, I come back. The door. Locked. Somehow, dude. The security was so good. I locked myself out of the room. I don't know how it happened, but I'm like, oh, come on, come on, dude. I'm trying to use the grip of 10,000 men to open this thing. And I'm a little worried. I see it's not one of those freaking normal pinhole knobs. It's one that has an actual key. So I'm thinking, you know what? My dad put the store in. He'll have a solution. I call him up. Dad, do you know where the key is for this door? There's a key. Oh, no, dude. That is not the answer I was looking for. When my whole hope of getting into this place is finding where the key is, the person who put the knob in that doesn't know there is a key is not going to bode well for me getting in here. So I spend the next six hours trying to break into the store. I'm putting paper clips and bobby pins, trying to pick it and get it into there, dude. I call my dad, he's like, try the knife, we'll take off the trim, we'll break through the thing. I'm doing that, I'm trying the credit card trick. I'll put a picture up. I tried everything, and at one point, my dad said not to kick the door, but before I had gotten that message, I was fuming with all the different tactics I was trying to employ that I kicked the door, and I break it, and it still doesn't open. So now there's so much crap in the door, it's destroyed, and a hole in it, and it's still so I am so mad at this point. Fuming, dude. Okay, and the worst part about it is I know how to pick a lock, but my lock picking kit is inside this room. I had locked my lock picking kit behind a locked door. You know, that is the most inconvenient of all inconveniences. There's one last trick for us to try, and that's to kind of pop off 
all the remaining trim and then you can kind of finagle it whatever you can get in but i had been so stubborn for six hours that i was broken dude and just angry that i could not wait for someone to come home with the tools so i went to home depot I don't need to buy all these tools for just the singular door, but I'm mad. I'm at the point of hatred where I'm willing to spend money. So I'm about to load things into the tool. Oh, I will never let a situation happen like this again where I don't want the tools again. I don't know when else I'm going to lock myself out of a door, but I'm so mad I'm not thinking clearly, okay? So I'm loading all these things up, and I buy this nice, big, shiny hammer, and immediately my brother calls me. Hey, I'm almost home with the tools. Oh, my. I have just spent so much time and pain trying to get in the store that I get so mad that I go buy tools. And he's already there by the time I'd gotten to the place to buy tools. Now I'm feeling I come home, doors already being taken apart. We get in in like five seconds, okay? I cannot believe the pain that I was feeling. You know, I kind of had this mantra, don't worry about it. Things are going to be okay. They'll take time. Something was being shut off where myself was like, shut up, dude. This is terrible. So I did the only thing I could do at this point after we get into the door. I go get a haircut. Okay. Have you ever noticed? I went to get a haircut. That is like the bottom tier of guilty pleasures. That is the bottom barrel of I don't know what else I can do to make myself feel better. And I got to tell you, it helped. Okay. Again, to the Shaolin Monk's credit, something about removing some of the hair made me feel better, dude. But I was so mad. So much time wasted, man. It was one of those moments where I just really wanted to remain positive, but Satan had a hold of me. And he's like, stay mad, my boy. And I blew it, dude. I blew it. I got really mad and I was upset. But I spent my entire day, I was ready to be productive. I, I was so filled with passion and I was high on life for projects that I didn't do anything. The only productive thing I did that whole day was get a haircut. And sometimes that's life, dude. Sometimes you think you're going to take on the world and you're going to be ready and you're going to make a lot of positive change. And instead, you end up with a shiny new hammer and <laughs> nowhere to use it and a fresh new do. Okay. So, yes, this is my new hammer and it's just laying here. See how quick I pull that up is because I don't have anything to do with it now. I have it for no reason, but I just kind of swing it around because I'm trying to get some use out of all the money I spent on this. So, yeah, I've got a nice new hammer. <laughs> so... Yeah, it was it was frustrating. Oh, so what else is happening? I will say, after I was on the cusp of breaking down, I was so mad that I needed to get back to me, dude. I need to get back to feeling some positivity. And I do a lot of things for my own enjoyment, okay? And I kind of get back in that rhythm. You know, just be happy, do some positive change. So I was doing some of my regular tricks. One of those, there's a couple things you do in traffic, man. You know when you're like in the left lane and you're sitting behind someone and they're, they want to turn left, but traffic keeps on coming so they can't go. So me and this guy, we're sitting behind this car and it's multiple lights. This guy will not go left. And we're so packed tight that we can't even pull out to get into the other lane and go around. So finally, after what feels like days, this guy turns left and he gets through. I was surprised no one threw a bottle at him, but he cuts left. And as soon as it's my turn, just for the fun of it, I turn my left blinker on just to make that guy go, no, no, <laughs> I keep driving straight. But that made me feel happy. Just a little prank on the guy. You know, it didn't disrupt him, but at least he went, <gasps> you know, that's all I'm looking for. So that's a little highway hijinks for you. Another one I'll do is 
you know, when you're driving and someone's going the opposite direction and you'll flash your lights to signal that there's a cop there. Sometimes I'll do that at people and I'll watch in my rear view mirror and I'll see him slow down. There was no cop. But just it's a little prank where I look at him and go, ha, ha, got you, man. He's slowing down. It's, you know what? I also just saved his life, perhaps, or someone crossing the street. You never know. Okay, I just made the world a safer place. But it's very funny to do that and watch them go, oh, no, 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 break, break, break. Who is the cop? And now he's worrying about the police. Police are nowhere to be seen. There are flying bottles, though. But, yeah, so I, I really like to take care of that. Another one that I'll try is I'll go to the grocery store. And I'll just get more snacks than any person should ever have. Okay. A lot. I'm a glutton. So I dump all of it onto the conveyor belt. And she's scanning and we're going, beep, beep, snacks, treats. And, you know, I, I come in the store a lot. So the person knows me. They, they know that what I'm about to say is not truthful. But for my own enjoyment, I go, yeah, I'm, I'm having a party. And there's kind of this weird moment where we both know that I'm lying, but she can't say that. And she's like, you know, these are all for you. Like, yeah, I'm having a party. And now I'm like kind of like giddy and laughing that I'm having so many treats. But also I look like an idiot. So that one, the joke is entirely on me, but it makes me so happy. It's just it's just a dorky fun time, dude. And that's what you got to do to be happy because sometimes you get locked out of your own home. That's sad. <sighs> but anyways, <laughs> you got to do some things to, to keep it light, I guess. So what else is happening? Oh, it's my dad's birthday, actually, when this episode comes out. So happy birthday to my father. All right. My dad's the best. I love him. It's incredible. I hope he's having a beautiful birthday so far. Now, listen, people say their dad or their mom, they're the greatest parents of all time every single birthday and parent day that they have. But let me say this, for real, okay, my dad is the greatest dad of all time. And he may not feel like it, but in a way, I've heard people say this, not really, I'm making this up, but people say that parents are kind of like artists, you know, because you are creating something from nothing, you are building, you are bringing more into the world. It is an artistic to have these children, to grow them and to design them and cultivate them. You know, it's a beautiful thing. So if you look at his children, and I know my other brothers don't have podcasts, but if you look at me, Exhibit A, okay, then my father is freaking Da Vinci, and I <laughs> am the Mona Lisa. So it's not even like a personal opinion. I feel like at this point, it's a public declaration of how great he is, okay? Which in turn is because of how great I am. But yeah, my, my father is incredible. And actually, the whole time I was at my aunt's house, okay, he had my car and he was working and fixing it. And I should have been there helping him, but I was doing something. So he takes my car and he's fixing it. And then he goes above and beyond. He's now upholstering and cleaning the thing. And he's doing a ton. Just out of, it's just the dad, you know? He's incredible. So it's clean. And unfortunately, <laughs> before, right before he got it, I had just gotten hit with double duty. I don't even know how that happens. It's like when people are like, hey, see if I can throw this into that trash can. They were competing. They both saw my windshield and went, let's try it. <laughs> And they're like, oh, who got closer? They're playing darts with my windshield. So <laughs> there was just poop everywhere. And, and he cleaned up all of it, okay? That's a good dad right there, man. So it was pretty great. And I love my dad. And happy birthday to my father. That's a new song I'm working on. So anyways, guys, yeah, it's it's been a great week. It's been a lot of great time. I'll tell you what, lately I have been thinking about comedy a lot, okay? And, and comedic tones in particular. 
So in comedy, it's it's very interesting. There's a lot of different ways you can go. And I'm great with premises. I'm great with seeing something in observation. And then I don't know exactly which way I want to take it because I feel like there's so many different ways to be funny. One tone that I like, and it's, it's very popular, you'll see a lot in comedy, is the observation, point out how ridiculous and stupid it is and kind of make fun of it and what is about it. I do that a lot. And you're like, hey, this is stupid. What's wrong with this? And then people go, ah, that's also dumb. And they applaud it because they're agreeing. You're kind of playing that opinionated point of view. So if I go, hey, sports are stupid. Why are we cheering on other people? Okay, they're just regular humans. Why are we putting their names on our backs? They're human beings. People go, ha I don't like sports either. That's hilarious. It's very popular and I feel like it works a lot. Now, the other one that I've also found that I enjoy, I don't know if it's very popular, but it's one that I do, is that same observation. But instead of being mad, I kind of get inquisitive and I go, why? And I make up different stories and fabrications and kind of run through it. And they're both equally funny, but it's hard to really decide which one to lock on. Because from what I've gathered, you kind of want to have a uniform stance and, and style. So like, as, I'll give you an example. As a premise, I thought of people, a lot of people have autobiographies. They're just writing books about themselves. And, and I'll do one from each kind of perspective and style. Listen, have you noticed that everybody has their own freaking autobiography. Like at this point, everyone's got a story to tell. I don't know what it is about that or for the reason that everyone's like, yes, this matters or what I've been through. There's something about famous people that the second that they get any notoriety, they go, I gotta tell people about this. And it's always the same freaking thing. Chapter one, I was a spunky kid. People said I was desperate for attention. I had a lots of fun. Yeah, no kidding. So is everybody in show business. They're, they were all spunky kids. No one's like, yeah, I grew up and basically had the personality of an accountant. No, they were all weird and they were different. And they would finish high school and they'd be like, I don't know what I want to do. The college doesn't feel right for me. I'm, I'm so different than everyone else. So I ended up taking a gap year. Kind of have to go find myself. And by the way, that whole thing, you got to find yourself. I, I knew where I was at six years old. If you're 18 or older at all and you're starting to find yourself, uh, give up at that point. If you're playing a hide-and-seek game alone and losing, just throw it away. What are you doing? They go and do this whole thing. And, and I don't know where it comes from where people feel the need to write all these books. I think it stems from Facebook and Twitter because, you know, you write a couple posts and people go, oh, like this, like, like, like. They go, oh. My opinion matters. What I have to say makes a difference. So they write a whole freaking book. And it's usually 18 chapters of Z's. <clears throat> well, Kevin has this new tell-all book about the secrets and pains. I guess it's got to be a tell-all. you got to be telling us everything. What are you telling us all of? You took a gap year to find yourself. It's like people who have blogs and vlogs where they're like, oh, people are so interested in what I'm doing today. It's like, dude, you're just going to Target. You bought some new candles. No one cares. And that's how these books, they all go. I can't believe it's not a fictional tale. And I don't know what it is about their agents or like, we got to hit the market now. We got to give a tell-all immediately about everything that's happened up until this point. And he's like, I haven't done anything. I've been filing my taxes for four years at this point. So it's just kind of ridiculous. And it's all sort of mundane, doesn't really have a lot of points. Like, yeah, I really hit my lows when I realized I couldn't buy the newest iPhone. You're like, what? 
What are you talking about, dude? Go live 80 more years, then tell me a story, something with wisdom and experience. It just feels like it's it's all plain. It's kind of the similar conversation you have with your grandma. So I was back at Target and I bought a variety soap pack, but when I got home, I realized it wasn't the right variety. So I went there and I was trying to return them and they were like, ma'am, it's been six months. You can't return these yet. And I said, why not? I'm like, well, then what happened? And they're like, well, eventually we got it sorted out and they gave me my soaps. Okay, then, then, so what's going on? Well, then we all went home. That's the worst chapter of all time. So that's kind of how I feel about all these books. Like, I, I get it. We all want to talk and we all want to feel important. But sometimes these book deals, you can't just give it to everybody who has a few followers. Not everybody can just be writing a book. <laughs> so that's kind of how that whole tone works for whatever. And I feel like it's funny. Obviously, it's all improvised. So you could be more fleshed out if you wanted to take that voice. And the other one to be more inquisitive, I guess, would look like this. Have you guys noticed that like everybody gets a book deal now? Right. It's like when you become famous, they're like, hey, write a book for us. Tell us your story, gentlemen. And if I thought about that, OK, just being me, if someone came to me and said, Tristan, write us a book, give everything. I don't I don't know how I would write a book or what I would write about. Like, what would you do? What would you put in the chapters that keep it interesting? I don't know. I don't know how to write a book. It's an art form. OK, I don't know if I could write a poem. <laughs> about my life. Ode to Tristan. Frick, there's <laughs> nothing that ever rhymes with my name. Oh, hey, it's Tristan, the dearest mister. Has a family of all boys, but no sister. <laughs> he did a lot for stares and looks. But when it came to putting things, he had no idea how to write a book. <laughs> I don't know how to write a book. It's an art form. I can't write poetry. I think it would be funnier as if they was like, hey, write a book. No, write a song. Like, it's, I, hey, this is my story. I hope it's not too boring. I've got a lot of things to say about how I grew up in my day. You know, and it wouldn't be great because I don't know how to write a song. I don't know how to write a poem or a book. And it's crazy. What a pickle you would be in. What would be funnier is if you weren't even famous and just all of us, all of us had to write autobiographies. Everybody tell your story. And we've all got these deep pages with our juiciest secrets. Because that's how it is. Everyone's like, give us your tell-all. Pack it with the details. So we'd be like, no, don't don't look at it. I'm not finished with it yet. A rough draft hits a draft of wind. You're like, wait, give me those papers back. You know, How scary would that be? You'd be looking at your neighbors different. Like, oh, I read about that thing with the jet skis, Mr. Henderson. You know, <laughs> and they read about that one time where I broke my neighbor's fence, but I didn't tell him. Hey! So it would be hard to have a book with these tell-all because you're looking for different things. That's how these books are. You got to look for the details in your life that matter. And props to all these famous people that actually do write these because it's literally just like 20 chapters of judgment. You go, you did what? Ah, 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 point, 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 point. You know, it's one of those things where, like, how could you do this? It would be hard. How are you supposed to just write a book if you're not an author? <laughs> so that's kind of that tone of voice, kind of a, what would this look like? And you just kind of sprinkle a little imagination. I like it. It's fun because it's imagination. 
So obviously people like that other one with angry because they agree and they get it. And it's hard because I really like both. One, it's got a great opinion and then people are like, yes. And then you're kind of making fun of things. It's fun. And then this one, it's kind of where I can go anywhere with this. It feels ridiculous and profound at the same time. Ridiculously profound. And I also feel like it kind of suits me better. It's hard to make fun of things while wearing a Krispy Kreme <laughs> t-shirt. Hey, this guy's so childish and stupid. And, and hey, don't look at me. You know, like I feel like being the angry Bilber or, you know, whatever I'm going to do. It's hard to kind of be the mature and grown up perspective when I'm so childish. Like, like I can't even record a podcast because I had too much sugar. It's hard because they all kind of have their fit. From what I've read, it takes many years, like a decade to really discover and find your comedic voice. But you know what? We're having fun, man. We're having fun. What's another premise where we could try two different styles? Oh, the Dollar Tree, dude. So let's try them both here again. This is angry. <laughs> Dude, I was going to the Dollar Tree, and look, I get it. The store wants to have lots of things, and it's great, and it's fun, but none of these things even freaking work, okay? Like, if you look at every item in the store, yeah, it's a dollar, but it only works like 8% as well as it should. They have some towels over there. You use those. Somehow, your hands get more wet when you try to dry them off. They have balloons. They don't float or fly like a normal balloon does. They don't even pop right. You hit it and it goes, Phew. like it's just different. It's just, it's not ready. I was there today and I saw they had backsplash. Okay, the things you put on the back of a kitchen wall. Now here's the deal. If you're going to be renovating your kitchen, let's not start projects that you can't actually afford or commit to that we have to go to the Dollar Tree to get backsplash in. Maybe that's the problem that you're not patient enough to actually wait to start the thing, okay? Let's not just go and grab all the materials from the Dollar Tree and make the crappiest version. Actually wait, okay? Put a little effort into it and make it look a lot better. Sometimes you should just pay full price, okay? It's a freaking construction job, okay? Sometimes you just have to pay full price for things, whether that's a carpenter job or full price for a doctor or if you're paying a skydiving instructor. Sometimes you just need the actual full experience and you can't chintz out at all <laughs> so that's the angry boar perspective so let's try the inquisitive let me tell you about the dollar tree okay i just went there and i swear it's like the grown-up version of the willy wonka factory you're just immediately hitting the face with possibilities okay you walk in there for one thing stumble down a couple aisles and it's just you can be in any avenue and because it's only a dollar, you can just buy a couple things, dip your toes into whatever this new path is, and not have to worry about it. I saw while I was there, they have backsplash, okay? You can renovate your kitchen for a dollar! You know how crazy that is? You could change your house, man. You could change your careers. You could be walking down the freaking kitchen aisle, get a couple utilities, couple things. Well, I'm gonna be a chef now. Be in the tech section, couple cords, maneuver it. Now you're a tech guy. You have paints and draft boards and canvases and colors and beautiful. You could be an artist for a dollar. You can change your house. You could change your careers. You could change who you are just by walking into this place. I walked in there for a snack, came out with these sunglasses. <laughs> Dude, you could change everything about you as a person, man. I swear, honestly, the CIA has got to be a little worried about that because I could walk in there for $6 and come out completely different, okay? I could look like someone who knows what they're talking about, which you and I both know I don't, okay? 
Like, I feel like the Dollar Tree has to have been on the CIA radar where they're like, oh my gosh, freaking we we can't find these guys because they walk in, you know, there's canes, makeups, different hats, wigs, like anything. The possibilities of the Dollar Tree are endless. <laughs> you know, the guy's like, sorry, sir, the trail ran cold. Well, what seems to be the problem, Dennis? He got into the Dollar Tree. Golly! Well, we're never going to find him now. Watch you get into the Dollar Tree. The trail, the case is over with. I, I, that's what I was saying, sir. So I feel like that could be a good slogan as well if the Dollar Tree wanted to be like, hey, you know, now being on the lamb has never been easier thanks to the Dollar Tree. You can escape to the world. The Dollar Tree is a fantastic place, dude. So it's really unfortunate that I went to go buy a hammer at full price when they have tools and weapons you can buy there. The Dollar Tree is magnificent, dude. So... Anyways, that's kind of the whole philosophy of back and forth, different comedic tones and whatnot. And it's hard to decide. They're both really funny to me. So the good news is there's not really one reason to choose over the other. It's a podcast. We'll do what we like. We'll feel what we feel. But I think that is everything I have to talk about today, guys. I've had a great time with you. Joy, happy, a little sad now that it's ending, but... I do love you. I appreciate you. And, you know, wish us luck. Let's watch some more dogs. Let's talk. Have some fun. Get some angriness out. Get some questions and just be ridiculous together. All right. Uh, yeah, I think that's everything I talk about. I still don't know how to close a show. I need to work on that instead of different voices. Let's look at outros. Goodbye. <laughs>